This is the Powered Up Podcast, show 74, Summer PD Series number one. If I spend my summer goal setting on how can I better prepare, how can I be more structured, how can I put it systems into place, all these different things, I almost feel like you're focusing completely on defense and not at all on offense, and you're setting yourself up for a year of no growth. Welcome to a real-world education with insight and advice from teachers in the game, where current and former educators reveal what truly sets apart the great teachers and what it takes to make a positive impact on students. Whether you're in pre-service learning, new to the game, or a seasoned veteran, this is the show for you. You'll leave feeling inspired to take action because we are powering education by empowering you. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Ken Erman, host of the Powered Up Podcast, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Mr. Matt, the Smart Goals Rogers. Matt, how you doing tonight? I am doing so well, Ken. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I am really, really excited to roll out this idea that we thought of a couple months ago with our Summer PD series. So for our loyal listeners, thank you, as always, for joining us each and every week. Uh, For those of you that are possibly tuning in for the first time, we are kind of abandoning our normal show format, which is time that we spend every week with incredible educators. More commonly, it's people still in the classroom. Maybe they had just left the classroom to take a leadership position. We have had unbelievable keynote speakers and authors on as well. But our bread and butter is really in diving into the stories, the passions, and the things that make the educators that we have on joining us and what makes them special um, and really diving into those stories and picking it apart and pulling out those strategies and and finding things that we can latch onto and and bring into our own classroom. So for the summer, we decided that we wanted to transition away from that for about eight or nine weeks and try to really dive into a specific topic to make it a little bit more professional development focused. And so for tonight, it is just Matt and I, but for most of our shows, we have former guests lined up that will be able to speak really well to those topics based on what they showed us on their previous appearance uh, at some point during our podcast journey. So that's kind of our plan for the summer. I'm really excited to, like I said, roll this out and, and see how it goes. And I think we're going to make this an annual thing if it if it pans out as successfully as, as we are anticipating. So uh, we normally don't do this, but I feel like it will give good t- context to the conversation for tonight. So just some quick background on myself, other than being the host of this amazing podcast, I am a former fifth grade teacher for eight or nine years. Uh, I transitioned into being an elementary STEM teacher, and I am now serving as a secondary instructional coach in my school district. So Matt, why don't you say hi again and just give us a quick background on your professional experience? Well, before I go into myself, speaking of goal setting, Ken, do you have any goals for where you'll be? Are you going to be a secondary uh, tech coach in three or four years? What do you want to be in the the next stage of your career? So I will say I will make a bold prediction that there is probably a 99.9% chance that I will be in the exact same position 
next year unless they unless they remove me and it's uh it won't be something that i'm doing to to pursue elsewhere i am a certified administrator i do want to be an elementary building principal that is my that is my ultimate goal i everything that i did in the classroom i feel like i can bring that to the building level um, and create really a big impact and that is definitely a professional goal of mine Next year, no, I'm not pursuing it. Um, you know, three to four years, I would say it's a possibility. Honestly, one of the reasons I'm not pursuing it right now is not because of a lack of professional desire, but I feel as though the flexibility and just the responsibilities and just the way a day is structured for a coach matches perfectly with my young family and my young kids. And so that is my number one reason that I'm staying in this position aside from the fact that I feel like I'm doing it effectively and I still have room for growth in my position as a coach. Um, so for next year, still a coach three to four years, I'd say, you know, that percentage is dwindling and maybe moving slightly more towards pursuing that, that admin spot. All right, I'll jump in. So good answer. Um, I thought, you know, it's appropriate for the topic at least. So uh, my name is Matt Rogers. If you have not listened in before, or I don't know you already, uh, I come to the podcast from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is kind of halfway in between Harrisburg and Philadelphia area um, in a heavy population of Amish. And I started my career. I graduated and the next day started as a learning support teacher. And I did that for about four and a half years. Uh, about two and a half years into my career, I had said that I'd love to consider moving to regular ed, um, which I never expected coming out of college. Um, but it took two years for a position actually to open up in a grade level that I was qualified to teach. And I've been there ever since. And um, that puts me at almost eight years at this point in fourth grade. Um, and, you know, through this journey, there have been highs and lows, but um, at least I'll answer my own question. You know, I am uh, one who went through a phase of trying to do everything uh, as a second uh, or I guess an additional complement to my daily position. And I realized that I wasn't necessarily doing my daily position with justice so I did take a big step back in a lot of ways and prioritize in my classroom, especially in the last year or so, and it paid dividends. Uh, not to, to spoil this, but we're actually recording this on the second to last day of school for me. And to say that I am not exhausted right now is uh, a true statement. I am not ready for summer, which is unbelievable. Part of that is I have a great class. Um, part of it is because... Um, I just love what I'm doing right now. And I, the dividends paid off of putting all of that energy and effort into my classroom this year. So future, who knows? I have no clue. Um, right now, I have the benefit. I've been at the same district for going on 13 years. My wife is in the same district. We do not have a family quite yet besides the two of us, just four uh, animals for babies, if you will. Um, but I've been kind of prioritizing family. Um, I think in my mid 30s, I'm realizing that uh, it's okay to say no. And that has been a, a big transition in my life in the last few years. So that's where I would kind of launch off and, and get started with this conversation.
Excellent. Perfect introduction. And, and, you know, I, I've really, like you said, we're recording this on the second to last day and I've, I've really enjoyed seeing your journey this year in your classroom. And, and we've, we've talked about that a lot, but your, uh, your energy level has definitely been different this year in, than I've seen in years past in a, in a really positive way. So kind of thinking about that and how you can build that momentum, um, into the summer. So we want to talk about goal setting tonight and a lot of it will be our own goals as teachers, uh, how we leverage the summer, what we utilize in the summer, how we still respect ourselves and give ourselves that break. But we also use this time where we're not working on a daily basis, uh, on, in the grind on a daily basis to set some goals and, and to see how that can pan out throughout the year. So uh, we'll, we'll reflect on things we've done in the past, as well as what we see foresee moving forward. And, and finally, how we kind of wrap this into getting the students involved in that goal setting process as well. So Matt, if you can think back to any year in your career, what is a goal that maybe sparked in the summer or you really formulated in the summer that you kind of thought of before rolling into there? Something that you really latched onto that you, you can remember building momentum on in the summer and then watching that pan out in the beginning of the year, in the middle of the year, or throughout the the entire year with your kids? How is how is the summer goal setting had any impact on a specific year in your career? So I think there's different variations. You know, there's early 20s, Matt, um, where that reflected as what can I do to show my allegiance to my district um, while also paying my bills? Um, we as teachers get paid fine, but... Um, there are lots of expenses coming out of college that you have to cover. So, and the idea of actually, you know, being in the positive, not just covering your bills is uh, a pretty nice position to be in. So early on in my career, it was, you know, any sub or summer teaching opportunity, if it was going to sit in on any committee, any opportunity a district provided, that's what I was doing. I was working on summer camps. And just really, you know, I, I came into education, this may be an uncomfortable statement to say out loud, not knowing how much I loved kids. Um, you know, I didn't have a lot of experience with kids. It just seemed like something that would match what I like to do. And so I spent a lot of time just with kids and realizing that, yeah, I genuinely do enjoy interacting with kids. Um, and that this would be more than a three to five year stint for me. Moving on, you know, my goal setting was essentially what opportunities could I create for my entire school year um, that reflected in sitting in communities where or opportunities that Ken and I met, um, such as Keystone Innovators, which is a uh, technology group in Pennsylvania of elected educators from across the state. Um, that opened some doors to teach grad classes. And so that is where, you know, my teaching downfall went down, but my, you know, personal and bank account went up um, because I was really emphasizing t speaking at conferences and running as many grad classes as possible. And I ran a ton of them. Uh, my wife loved that we could go on vacations, but uh, didn't love how, how frequently I was away. And I would say, you know, I just turned 35 uh, a few months ago, and I am in a position that I recognize that a charged up Mr. Rogers is the very best Mr. Rogers. 
and a creative conversation that can be lighthearted is the best version. I am still struggling, and Ken, I would take some suggestions from you. I'm still struggling to, you know, use the summer as productively as possible because I detach myself a ton. I don't listen to a ton of educational-based podcasts because I live in education. I don't spend a ton of time reading educational literature or, you know, studies or anything. I focus on disc golf and mountain biking and, you know, things that make me happy. Um, So all that to say, you know, the one thing that I would say is I've had a few conversations with educators over the summer, in the middle of the summer, you know, when we're starting to gear up that peaked interest that became my hyper focus once August 1st came. And so whether it was conversations like what we've had together um, through the podcast, whether it's conversations that we've had at a a program called STEM camp with other educators from across the country. Um, I presented at a, a conference called ISTE. And so there's a ton of networking there where you're just meeting incredible people. Um, So a lot of it just comes down to taking an idea from a great educator, asking distinctive questions, explicit questions with your classroom in mind, and just kind of marinating in that so that when it ramps up, you can really jump off that diving board and start on day one through day 180 with a different vision for the class. I, I, yeah, I would say, you know, um, I'm kind of in the same boat with you in terms of what I, what I would utilize my summer for. And, you know, I think the thing that we have the advantage of during the summer that we, we 100% don't during the school year is free headspace the free clarity of, of thinking time. And, you know, I, I think that's when, at least for me, and I think it's the case for many people, your most creative thoughts come out when you have that, that free headspace, you have that quiet thinking time, you know, taking a walk without your phone, without music, without a podcast, and maybe just a note card and a pen and go walk for an hour and just think. It's amazing what you can, what, ideas come to your come to your mind and questions you ask yourself when you literally have no distractions and to say that to a teacher in october hey put everything aside and go take a walk for an hour and a half to think is beyond unrealistic in the summer we really do have that advantage of time you know yes we need to relax. We need to, we need to recover. We need to recoup. We need to re-energize. Absolutely. And doing that walk with by yourself with no distractions will help you do that. And these creative ideas come to your head. And so, you know, that's where a lot of mine have come from in that, in that space. And I don't know if that kind of connects with what you were, what you were saying. Yeah. And the one thing I would add is, you know, Ken, I don't know how you feel about going to your classroom before you have to go to your classroom. Because I feel like maybe not even going for a walk, some of the best ideas that I've gotten happened three weeks before the kids would come. Because I felt like if I was A, showing up a week and a half before school, 
I would inevitably find three or four coworkers I haven't seen in two months. We'd spent most of the time talking about how life's been over the summer. And I, before I know it, you know, I have to get home for dinner. And if you come in three days before the kids come in, there's not a chance in the world you're doing anything but just setting desks up to survive. But there is not that we're athletes that we need to, to kind of visualize uh, how we're going to teach, but there's a difference between being in that quiet space and actually getting to see your space. And that has probably been the most beneficial thing that I've ever done. That might be clearing closets of things you're like, you know what, I'm in a clear headspace to say, I've had this for three years. I've never used it. Let me see if someone else wants it. That might be, hey, let me look at the schedule and think about how I can add transitions that are more seamless. That might be seating arrangements, you know, moving the desks around into a placement that actually facilitates guidance. And the best part of it is you also have time to reach out to your PLN or just scroll through, you know, Twitter or Instagram or all these different accounts to get other ideas. Because if you go any uh, later than that, you're not going to be able to be as free thinking and creative as you are taking those times and giving one day up to just visualize. And then you can just, you don't have to go back for another few days, but you can think about how you're going to utilize those few days that you have to be there. Um, again, might be an unpopular decision. I know a lot for me, the moment it hits August 1st, it's essentially school. You know, I, I'm, in my classroom three to four times a week once it hits August. Uh, this year's going to be tough. Uh, we're taking a vacation August 4th through uh, the second to the last day before uh, school starts. But um, that is where I found the most uh, benefit of setting goals when my brain's already starting to prepare for the school year. Yeah, I think it connects to exactly what I was saying. So, you know, we're totally on the same page where it's it's free headspace. And whether that is walking, whether that is canoeing, whether that is running, sitting in your classroom, it's that it's that free, non-distracted time to think and to ask yourself questions. And, you know, I, I can think of specific times where those epiphanies came to me over the summer that had a huge impact that rolled out throughout the year. So one of them, uh, which I don't want to go into detail tonight, is uh, the way I started my school year with not setting up my classroom and having my students design our space. I talked about that extensively in show 32. So if you want to hear about how I did not set up my classroom and and my students spent the first week doing it, how parents walked in to stack desks and chairs on for back to school night, uh, uh, it's show 32. So, uh, that was something that I said over the summer. Another big one that I set over the summer was, was rolling out a flip classroom. And I did it at a time where the flip classroom, if you Googled it and you searched, you could find a lot of information on it, but it was also, I mean, this was in 2015. So it was also at a time where most people had never heard of the concept before. And so when I started to form my, it all formulated with, I'll never forget, I was, I was sitting on the beach thinking about this. I think a couple of my ideas have come from that because it's such a peaceful place to, 
sit and think, especially before I had kids. Um, I would say that's not the place to brainstorm for me anymore. Um, but you know, I, I was thinking about how can I better leverage my centers and I came up with the idea. I thought I came up with the idea of recording myself so that I could pre-teach the skills so that I could then meet with my lower group who had already seen it. And my middle group and high group could succeed independently without seeing me first. It was going to solve the, the problem that I was having in my, in my math centers. Come to find out that flip classroom was exercised a lot by many educators for many years. And that it all, it only put me down a rabbit hole of being able to more quickly and more successfully roll that out. But I remember setting that goal. It was the year we went to Keystone Technology Innovator Summit. And I remember saying to a person who presented on it, I said, this is exactly what I've been envisioning. And I'm going to record over 100 lessons this year. And the person told me it was Dylan, uh, you're insane. And I did do it because that's my personality. Again, it was before kids. But you know, that was something that I, I envisioned over the summer. I didn't record anything over the summer. I didn't start recording until we came in, but it was, I was visualizing it. I was seeing, I was imagining what I wanted it to be. And I knew that it was going to have an impact on my students. And I had that clear intention of mind of, of how I wanted to impact my, my students. Another one that I thought of over the summer at the event, we used to run uh, STEM camp EDU, which is coming back this summer uh, in Southeastern Pennsylvania check it out, stemcampedu.org. Um, I remember, you know, we, we start that event off with such passion. Every day people are excited. They're coming in, they're cheering, they're having fun. We give them all different activities that they can work on. And I remember standing there watching and thinking, man, this is what I want my kids to feel like every day they come to my classroom. Why don't they feel this way? Why doesn't every kid feel this way? And I reflected on what did I have them do when they came in? I had a signed math review work that was a part of our, that's a part of our program. And I said, well, I can build this into my math class. I don't need to have them do it in the morning. And frankly, it's not fair because they all get there at different times. So I rolled out a system of completely choice-based morning work every day. And they could work on robotics. They could work on 3D design. They could read quietly. They could catch up on work. It was completely choice-based, but I wanted them to be excited every day they came to school. And I wanted them to make decisions every day they came to school. And again, it was an idea that I thought of. And I just, I, I didn't, I didn't roll anything out. I didn't prepare materials. I didn't create slide decks. I don't, I don't think, and everybody works differently, but me personally, my goal setting for the summer is not about working over the summer. It's about thinking of things, writing it down, looking at it five days later, looking at it two weeks later, thinking of more ideas, just using that, like I said, that free time, that stress-free time that we have to really circle around those ideas and get it all out, get the vision out, know that it's not going to roll out exactly the way I'm envisioning, but having that clear vision so that when I get lost in the murk of the school year, I have something to center myself on, on that goal that I thought was so important to roll out for the school year. I think it just comes down to, and what you're speaking to is covering all of your bases so the logistics are dealt with. You know, when you were doing your flip classroom, okay, I'm going to need a camera. I'm going to need an upload source. I'm going to need to figure out how I deliver it to kids. And when you consider that ahead of time, you know, you're actually able to consider that as opposed to if you're trying to figure it out, it's going to flop. There's just no chance because, 
again, you're getting pulled in too many directions that if you're having to record the video, but also figure out in the moment, you're not going to do it in an efficient way that you're going to be able to commit to the rest of the school year. And that is where you leverage that open headspace, that opportunity to think through so that maybe you didn't record anything before the kids came in. You did have the opportunity to set up that all you needed to do when you needed that first video is just hit record once your materials were prepared. And so just thinking about some of the things in my own classroom, um, goal setting just reflects a mantra. A lot of times I'll look at having a theme or, you know, branding a classroom. I know we talked to Mike Creed in the second episode about branding your classroom. And I didn't, I have struggled with naming, you know, Rogers rock stars or whatever the case may be, because I didn't want it to sound better. Um, but I've really emphasized how am I going to make this classroom a special place? And that might be my ongoing goal setting um, that I do each year. How can I make the experience in Mr. Rogers' classroom better than last year, even if last year was great. Can I guess I have a, a question for you? And um, maybe I'm asking for a friend, uh, if you will, a, uh, a comment of, do you feel like goal setting is any more important, less important, or equally important when you know that you're getting one of those challenging groups next year? Um, like the the class that you know a few of the kids' names since kindergarten and you're a fourth grade teacher, do you feel like you adjust anything or is your mental preparation the same um, going into a year where it may test you a little further? Hmm. That's an interesting question. While, while you think about it, I'll just kind of add, like, you know, I, I feel like sometimes... Uh, and knowing that you're going to have a tougher group, but you don't even know who you're going to have. I feel like sometimes it's that analysis paralysis. And in the past, I found myself hesitating to start to see, you know, how treacherous are the seas, um, which then you're just playing catch up, which is, you know, the key to success is often structure. How can you have structure? Well, you started the year without structure. So best of luck uh, right. studying. Staying so in ship. you're kind of saying like, you know, should your goal set, if you, if you feel it's important for you to set a goal or some goals over the summer, and you know that you possibly have a more challenging set of students coming forward to you, is your goal setting going to lean more towards preparing for that versus the typical goal setting where I'm maybe trying to think of something totally new to bring into my my repertoire as a teacher. The only thing um, the only thing I would add to ahead. that is, you know, we also as educators want to give kids a chance. So are we like that's that's that catch twenty two. I know traditionally that I should have a harder class, but do I want to judge and turn that into a self fulfilling prophecy? Yeah. So I would say the my simple answer is no. I would, I have not, and I would not. Um, I kind of sounded like Dr. Seuss there, but uh, it, it, the, my reason is so. One, I completely agree with what you just said. You have to give them a shot. Like I was very against reading the the cards that would come from the previous teacher, describing here's what you can expect. You know all those things because I wanted the students to 
I knew they, especially year five, year six in the same school, I knew they had ideas of who they thought I was, but I wanted them to give me a shot to really learn who I was, regardless if there was a good reputation or bad reputation of, of Mr. Ehrman and their, and those experiences. And I wanted to give the same, uh, the same opportunity to them. But the other thing I'll say is, you know, let's say, yes, we, we anticipate that it's going to be a more challenging group. And, and any teacher that's been teaching for more than three or four years knows that you don't want to have that attitude, but it is a reality. There are groups like that. Uh, you know, as you as you progress through your career. So what I would say is, if I spend my summer goal setting on how can I better prepare? How can I be more structured? How can I put it systems into place all these different things? I almost feel like you're focusing completely on defense, and not at all on offense. And you're setting yourself up for a year of no growth. And that's not fair to them, you should be better every year. There is in my opinion, every year, the students should get a better Mr. Rogers. They should get a better Mr. Ehrman. That should be a better product. I would always say that to siblings. Hey, just so you know, like, you know, your younger sister that I have right now, she has a better Mr. Ehrman than you did. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, when you transition grade levels, yeah, there's those different factors. But, you know, I, I think the summer should be a time where you reflect and you set a goal for what's one thing I can do a little bit different this year, a little bit better. And you can do that. And then you can still go in the beginning of the year with the mentality of like, okay, I need to get back to the basics. I need to double down on management. I need to double down on structure in anticipation for that. But that should, in my opinion, as an experienced teacher, that shouldn't require goal setting. That should just require a like kind of like a tune-up practice, you know, the day before they come where you just need to go back to basics and, and think of those different things that lead to success from a, a management, a structure, and instructional standpoint. So I would say my answer is no, that I don't think it would impact what I would prioritize over the summer in terms of goal setting, because at the same time, I almost feel like I'd be more motivated to say, like, all right, I need to come up with something really great that I can roll out this year that will have a huge positive impact on these kids to really change our trajectory moving forward. I would totally agree with that. And that's kind of my, my belief. Um, and I love your analysis of defensive uh, position versus off offense. Um, and it almost brings up that, that thought of, you know, good teaching practices for a learning support teacher or a gifted student is just good teaching that all students should be exposed to. So if you can be on your offensive for a good group, not there is such a thing, a, you know, in the middle or, or a challenge. Um, it, it just, that mindset is really a, an important thing. Simply put, Ken, I think the best thing that I would say goal setting wise is try to do one or two things throughout a summer more than you do currently. Not a ton. Don't bite off too much. A lot of that is try to seek at least one or two conversations. Could be with a friend that's in the profession. It could be a you know administrator it could be you know an idol in education something that is a conversation where you get to ask selfish questions you know ken and i essentially have this opportunity through this podcast 
you know, I ask questions that I, I, I'm clarifying that last question was just for a friend, but we, we run this podcast where we are partially answering and asking questions we think are important to drill down, but we're taking those exact feedback and, and resources to our classrooms and our coaching opportunities the next day. So if that's one or two conversations, if it's, you know, scrolling, adding one or two Facebook groups or, you know, something in your PLN that you can reach out to, which kind of leads into the second point. What I said earlier is you also need to recharge and be the best version of yourself. So if that's going to be your goal setting of, you know, I'm going to be ready and I'm not going to dread April, sorry, August 14th, because that's the first day of in-service, you know, besides just setting that alarm for the first time in months, that is okay as well, as long as it supports, Ken, what you said, which, again, we should, we get paid as incremental bumps. That means you're supposed to be increasing every single year, too, and um, you should be a better teacher every single year. A 35-year teacher is getting paid well um, and deserves to bring a better product than they did when they were a 24 uh, year in that position teacher. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Do you have any goals on your horizon for the summer yet? since you're two days away or in any ideas that you've been circling around that you want to, you want to think about over the summer? So one of the big challenges that I have going into next year, and we had a chance to talk with him in an earlier episode um, is I have a traditional student teacher uh, in an un, uh, non-traditional uh, format. So I had Anthony, otherwise known as Moot, uh, and he joined my classroom as a junior block student three days a week and essentially jumped in after getting advice from Ken to, to just get as in the weeds as possible. He was running lessons. He was essentially doing student teaching. So one of my goal setting is to power pack our beginning of the school year and make his student teaching, you know, essentially his first year of teaching as much as possible and trying to figure out what resources or ways that I can support him. Um, and a lot of it comes down to just explicitly uh, speaking to him, doing a lot of listening from him and just diving into resources that would hopefully help him avoid some of the hiccups that I had early on in my career. So that is one of my uh, extreme goals. Um, I would also say that de-escalation skills are something that I may or may not be preparing for next year. Um, so just that idea of how to handle a kid in um, a meltdown or a crisis situation and continue to support because frankly, with this uh, need for further um, emotional and social learning, we're going to have more outbursts. It's just 
obvious. So how, again, can we be on the offensive of preparing to support kids further than, you know, reactive, which potentially could make it worse. Right. So what about you? I think that's great. I think that's great that you're thinking ahead for Anthony. Um, and I look forward to having him back on uh, towards the beginning of the school year to, to continue to cover it, his It journey. was very cool that uh, that he, he ended up coming in. It was the second to last day of school, as I mentioned. He came into school, and the kids lost their mind today. That's it awesome. was awesome. It, it's a awesome. sign that he made an impact. Yeah, that, that truly is. And I'm glad, he, I'm glad you guys took my advice because I, I think – it, it, nothing to do with my advice. I just think it's so important to just get in there and do it. Like you got to do it, do it while you have the safeguard of you. You're, you're his, you're his safeguard. Um, for it's interesting for me now as a coach, my timeline of goal setting has shifted. So, uh, we don't work over the summer, but we do work over the summer. We have projects over the summer. I have a, I have a few, independent projects that I'm working on for, you know, for our, our curriculum office, our district office that uh, fall on my plate, but also a lot of collaborative projects as a coaching team. And so our goal setting time was more March to May of what are, what do we want to accomplish? Because August is a huge time for us rolling out the next school year. We can't, we can't be planning and putting things together in August. We need to be ready to rock for August for teachers so, you know, our goals that we set as a coaching team, a lot of it focuses around reflective practice for teachers, um, creating systems for teachers to engage more in a reflective practice cycle with us or with videoing their own lessons and, and finding ways to, to create growth for themselves. Uh, another big one is supporting new teachers. Uh, we're developing a, a huge onboarding system with um, really mostly just self-paced tutorials of like everything they need to know, you know, from the, from the basics of this is our email that we use to these are uh, technology tools that we use. These are instructional practices that we encourage. Um, so we're really excited about rolling out that onboarding process to help support our new teachers because they just get shotgun style new teacher induction in the beginning of the year. And they're so overwhelmed, they can't digest, you know, nearly any of it. Um, those are two of the, two of the main things. So it's interesting for, for me in that position, like my, my summer reflective time kind of shifts a little bit because as coaches are, I would say our least busy time of the year is right now, because there's not a whole lot that teachers are really seeking out for us. So we're doing a lot of planning, prepping and goal setting and, you know, putting things into place so that we're ready to roll, ready to roll in August. So, you know, that's kind of where my goal setting is right now. So I'm kind of actually moving into action time to kind of build this stuff, you know, over the summer as, as we, as we gear up for that. So to kind of close down this conversation, Matt, how do we have had conversations in the past on goal setting specifically with students? Uh, We also talked a lot about that. If you remember, we had the E-twins on, um, back on show 38, but we have had other shows where we talk about goal setting with, with students, but how, how have you, or if you haven't, how can you involve the students more explicitly in seeing and recognizing your goals that you set over the summer and that letting them watch it roll out throughout the school year and maybe even hold you accountable a little bit. So I think you know, I always bring it back to the students. I know. Um, I think it's a wonderful question. 
Um, you know, sometimes we're we're snake bitten um, a lot of times by goal setting. A lot of times we, uh, like I said, we're either in the defensive, we're in too deep. We set a lofty idea out there, but we haven't done enough research to realize what actually goes into it. You know, there might be obstacles such as, you know, access devices. That would be difficult to do a flipped classroom if you don't have access to devices or, you know, you don't have the ecosystem that can make it happen. Or, you know, you can do it when you're fresh and ready for it. But uh, around the holidays, you start slipping and then it gets into the new year and you're in the drudges of February and it's falling apart. And then you reflect and you, and it's hard to not look at that as a complete failure if you fall apart on it. I think we've heard it a ton of times that modeling is a huge thing. So if you are committing to something, figure out a way that you can make it visual. Fi figure out a way that it's almost like the the family uh, cuss jar. You know, everyone can hold each other a, a kind of accountable. It's a visual. Uh, please do not have a cuss jar in your classroom. That's not what I'm referring to. But, you know, everyone's committed to that same goal. And, you know, maybe we're, we're trying to recognize uh, good sportsmanship because we're having issues here. Or, you know, we're trying to address that, you know, we always have issues in this area of instruction. How can we, you know, make those changes? Maybe open up the questioning to the kids, which you can't really prepare for, but say, you know what, I we're, we're going to be teaching this next. Do you have any ideas as well? Um, but there is no issue. We said it a few times, there's no issues with transparency right now, as long as it's still school appropriate. Um, that is a big, big difference in education today than it uh, was even a few years ago. So I think if you want to be upfront about something like that with kids, go ahead and uh, put it out there. Just know that you're going to have 28 kids holding you uh, accountable. And I think that's the best part. It's, you know, like when you set workout goals, health goals, you know, they, they say so often that when you have an accountability partner, it makes such a huge difference. Someone that you, you know, your best friend that you both have a workout goal and you're going to talk to each other once a week and you're going to be honest with each other. And you know that, you know, oh man, I have to tell them that I haven't run all week or, you know, having those accountability partners is, is huge and your students can be great accountability partners. And I have found success where, I share that that big vision that I came up with over the summer with my students. Here's what I envision. Here's what here is how I see it rolling out. But then also involving in, them in the process and reflecting on that and saying, okay, this is what I this is what I foresaw. And I think I've done everything possible to set you up for success with this system, like that morning work choice excitement that I talked about. But I'm not seeing, you know, I'm not seeing your buy-in. Is it because you don't care or is it because you're not doing your part? Um, or, you know, the other, the other side of the coin of, you know, here's what I envisioned. Here's what I was supposed to do. And, and I haven't done that. And, and, you know, letting them maybe call me out a little bit or just call myself out and, and involve them in that reflective practice. But, you know, I, I think it, it does put you on a little bit more of a vulnerable track, but if you are comfortable with it, I think it's, I think it's really important because it, it's one, it, 
gives you that accountability, but also it shows the students that you care a little bit more, that you were thinking about it, that you want to do something different, something new, something to make their experience a little bit better. So I think involving them in your goal setting process can be can be a huge benefit. So um, I think we I think we can kind of wrap things up there, Matt, if you're OK with that. I think we have covered this topic pretty well. Um, we're trying to keep these summer PD series a little bit shorter and sweeter and just give you something to think about. So as you roll into summer, as you enjoy your summer, take some breaks, take lots of breaks, disconnect yourself from education, recharge, do everything that you deserve, but think about how you can take advantage of some of that clear headspace to maybe set one goal, set a set an idea um, and kind of vision uh, visualize that idea out and how it can have an impact on your students for the following year. So if you have not already, whether you are watching us on YouTube, watching slash listening to us on Spotify, or anywhere else that you get your podcast, please hit the subscribe button if you have not already. And please share this out with as many educators as you know, so they can benefit from the Summer PD series, as well as the amazing conversations that we've had over the last uh, 70, 70 or so episodes with those amazing educators. So thank you everyone for listening and joining us. And Mr. Rogers, why don't you take us on out of here? As we power down this episode, hopefully we left you feeling powered up. Uh, take the time, recharge yourself, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to or watching us on YouTube. Each week we get to talk to amazing educators. We're making a positive impact on the lives of students, their colleagues, administrators, and education as a whole. It's been such a privilege every week to be able to talk to these incredible individuals, learn from them, grow with them, and better myself and all of education through these conversations. If you haven't already, please consider sharing this with a colleague, someone who can benefit and be powered up from the experience of listening to these incredible conversations. Because of Powered Up, we are powering education by empowering you.